every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. Fun, 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 fun. Light speed to the wondrous and wonderful. Cover is not the book, so open it up and take a look. Ah, if it isn't the only bookworm in town. What's that word again? Inspired. I have to sing. I have to play. The music, it's, it's not just in me. It is me. We're happier when you don't sing. Welcome to Notably Disney your ultimate podcast covering Disney music and books. I'm Brett Knackman, your host. Here we dig a little deeper and explore the great wide somewhere about everything under the Walt Disney Company umbrella as it pertains to tunes and writing, from the theme parks and television screens to the Broadway stage and the silver screen, if it relates to anything Disney songs, soundtracks, books, articles, or other things that you can listen to, or read about involving Disney, we'll examine it here. When we think of the rich legacy of Disney music, many popular and timeless songs come to mind. When You Wish Upon a Star, Circle of Life, A Whole New World. There are countless songs that are part of the Disney library. But think about the fact that Pixar, as a part of the massive Walt Disney Company, has actually produced several dozen original songs over the years. Even though Pixar wasn't necessarily designed to emulate Disney in terms of producing musicals, indeed music has become part of the mix in terms of those original pieces, as well as bringing in some very popular country and pop songs and thus introducing them to a whole new generation. On this episode of Notably Disney, my guest Chelsea Robson and I are going to share our 10 favorite Pixar songs, including some instrumental pieces that have become really part of our favorite mix. Before we dive into the episode, here's a quick word from our new sponsor, Donna the Vacationeer with Second Star Vacations. After hearing some of our favorite Pixar songs, you might be thinking to yourself, oh, I just wish I could immerse myself in the Disney parks and listen to this music constantly. So when you're ready to book your next vacation, we recommend Donna the Vacationeer. Donna specializes in all Disney travel destinations, including Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Alani, Disney Cruise Line Vacations, and Adventure by Disney Guided Tours. Unlike big box travel agencies where you are just another number, Donna is your personal travel consultant. Your needs will always come first. Plus, she is available to you before, during, and after your vacation to help ensure it is the everything you dreamed it would be. Best of all, her services are free. For more information, go to secondstarvacations.com or email her at donna at thevacationeer.com. Tell her we at Notably Disney sent you. And now, on to the show. All right, so I am thrilled on this episode of Notably Disney to welcome on Chelsea Robson, who is uh, from my home state of Arizona. 
What? What? And she's going to be joining us today, as you can hear, to talk about our favorite Pixar songs. We're going to talk a little bit about Pixar and Pixar music uh, more generally as well. But welcome to the show, Chelsea. Hey, thanks so much. I'm glad to be here, Brett. Well, I when I was thinking of developing an episode on Pixar music, I, I went back into my library and I realized, wow, there's actually many more songs than I would have ever imagined from the studio because really unlike um, Disney proper Pixar isn't necessarily as recognized for its songs but over the past 20 almost 25 years of producing films they've actually created a long list of original songs as well as incorporated some popular hits and we're going to dive into that all today but I'd love for you to share with our audience a little bit about yourself and your background, your career background, your interest in Disney, everything that you'd like to share about yourself. Awesome. All right. So a lot of people on the in the podcast realm would know me from as a co-host of the Animation Addicts podcast with the Rotoscopers. We did that for about six years. Right now we're on hiatus and uh, maybe it comes back. Maybe it won't. We're not sure. We're just kind of like living life at the moment. But uh, yeah, we did that for almost... 170 I think episodes so if you're looking for some extra stuff after you're done with this podcast you're if you're already caught up here then another good one to check out would be the rotoscopers animation addicts podcast that was fun we had a lot of good times on there um but basically yeah that's uh, most of the people would know me for that I outside of that in my regular life I'm actually a singer and I sing, I write, I produce my own songs and co-produce with other people as well. And that is what I've really been focusing on over the last year since, um, well, it's, it's a lifetime. (laughs) I've been working on this my entire life. So it's been one of those fun things to be able to really jump in this last year and kind of just, uh, finagle and trying to figure out like where I really want to go with that. So if you want to check out any of my stuff, you can go to chelsearobson.com and see some of my stuff. It's it's a lot of fun. Well, and it and it, you know, you were talking about um, rotoscopers and animation addicts, and like I know when I like when I was kind of getting a sense of the the landscape of podcasting and and YouTube and all Dis- Disney related generated content, I always uh, had that listed as one that I would harken back to again and again, especially rotoscopers in terms of the book reviews and movie reviews and. There's such a wealth of um, oh, good information you. on there. Yeah, I forgot. I mean, thing is, like, okay, we did. We were really in and doing lots of stuff for about six years, and um, I still do the off uh, animation movie review on Rotoscopers YouTube. So still stay subscribed to that, and um, every once in a while we'll have a couple of new things come out. But yeah, thank you so much for all. Like, we just we had so much fun doing it. It was. It was a lot of work, a lot of time, but it was a lot of great memories too. So we're glad with all of the friends that we made through that. So I, I, I love to be able to come back and, and talk about these things because it's, it's still part of who I am. So yeah. Well, and, and when it came to thinking about the topic of covering Pixar music, I, I thought back, well, you know, on, on your channel, you've focused a lot on music and a lot on mm-hmm. the different films. I'm like, okay, absolute natural fit. So I'm interested in knowing, Chelsea, if you could share a little bit about your early exposure to whether it be Disney music more broadly or or Pixar. How did you how did you come to associate this? I know many of us as Disney files 
have an interesting history or background with the the products that have come out of the company. Oh, well, it's it's not a secret that one of my goals in life is to be the voice of a Disney princess. So we're not sure how that's going to work out sometime in the future, though. Sometime. I, I loved Disney growing up. I mean, I was a kid of the 90s. I came up, you know, in my in my own, I guess you could say, during the Disney Renaissance. So I was just, you know, a couple years, like four years old, three years old when Little Mermaid came out. And so I just, I was there during the height of all of those 2D animation films. And they were some of the best music that was being produced. And I think that's really been, because of that, I've, I've been really influenced by how I write my music. I, I don't like to do things that are always in the same genre necessarily. I like branching out and doing different things and telling stories. And I think that's kind of, it really shaped my storytelling too, because it's, it's very centered around, you know, start and fi- start middle and finish of a, uh, I'd like to be able to put a song in there someday, you know? So that's, um, I guess I, yeah, I was just, I wanted to be a Disney princess. So, I mean, can somebody blame me? I mean, come on now. They had the best hair. They had the best, they had the best dresses. It was great. Well, and and the more I, more I listen to your voice, I feel like you could be a stand-in for Mandy Moore as Rapunzel if she needs a a backup person. (laughs) Perfect. I've actually, this is just me uh, being like, oh, yay. Um, Sometimes I'll do different different shows and there was this one time I mean so and the other part of my life is my family had a western dinner theater growing up and it's very far from the Disney world but not so much as we will see later on through this through this podcast um I so I grew up singing classic country songs as well and so I'm I was doing a show one day with like all these classic country songs and this like mom and daughter walked in and later they were, as they were leaving, they're like, we just wanted to tell you that you sl- you sound like a Disney princess. I'm like, oh, heart eyes to you. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, that's, it's not a secret that that's where I want to be someday. So, yay. That's so, that's so cool. Well, I, I, and I'm interested because we are talking about uh, Pixar music today in terms of um, what what your first exposure were, was to the Pixar films, as well as the music, and if if that's entered your life in any types of spaces over the years. Well, with Pixar, um, so what was interesting when they decided to build Pixar, they really wanted to make they want they made like a couple of rules for themselves for the first like couple films, not like forever, but for the first couple, and you can really see that as you are watching these movies at like sequentially, you can see that none of them um, had a singing character, and all of the songs that were written were written for the movie at the beginning, you know, in the first few movies, speaking specifically of like Toy Story, um, we'll go after that one first. So Toy Story came out in 1995, and they said, I don't, we don't want to have singing characters, we want the music to to influence the film but not to be the guiding force like because that's disney's thing we'll leave that to them and that was a huge a huge um shift in what had been happening with disney for the last you know eight years or so they've been going on um been very very much into the disney broadway 
side. But when Pixar came, they were like, okay, we're just going to do things our way. And actually not long ago, I went, they, they started a thing called uh, Pixar in concert. And what they would do is they would take a, a compilation of all of the songs from not all of the songs, but all of the major songs and sequences from all of the Pixar movies and kind of put them sequentially in order. And so you would be there for like two hours, but they would take like 20 seconds from this film, 20 seconds from this one, and just kind of like build a score based on all of those films. And it's like, you would watch it. And just, it was amazing to me how influence, you know, this, the score and the, the songs, everything about it just kind of moved you along. So they, they did not change the fact that music is what's supposed to kind of progress the story, but it's still not, um, like, singing characters in a Disney movie, you know? So it was that if you ever get a chance to go see that, I would highly recommend it. It's breathtaking, honestly. So as far as like what I think that they, they did, they, they really did something that was different, especially at the very beginning of the times. Um, So for example, in Toy Story, you know, they, they really moved it along with strange things are happening. You could just see, Oh my gosh, this is what's happening. And then I will go sailing no more. You've got a friend in me. All of these songs were very influential in the storyline and pushed it along, but also didn't, they weren't um, characters. Yeah, exactly. And I think that is such a a unique element of many of the Pixar films, um, at least earlier on. And I think in parallel, we think of mid nineties, the big Disney musicals, and then you have a film like Tarzan at the end of mm-hmm. um, that period. And say for a couple of the songs, you have Phil Collins music in the background. It's driving the narrative, but it's about and from the perspective of Tarzan. So in that sense, they're kind of Disney was kind of dabbling in that territory, but it was yeah. very much Pixar um, holding that holding that uh, stake of sorts. Yeah, I agree. That's I can definitely see that. Disney was really, especially during that time, was trying to get away from the, you know, basically the roadmap that they had laid out for themselves. But, you know, do what you got to do. And then they came right back to it for Tangled. Woohoo! Exactly. Exactly. Thank goodness for that, um, to have the, the re-entrance of the, the return of the Disney animated musical. Yeah. So I, I just have ahead. to say somebody's going to get mad at me for saying um, there was Princess and the Frog before that. Just so you know, you're right. That was the first one. But really, all we really care about is Tangled. So move on. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny you say that I was thinking that. But then I was thinking to myself, well, in terms of the influence of Alan Menken, that came back with Tangled. Yeah, we had, that's true. We had, we had a taste of Randy Newman with Princess and the Frog and then back to back to Menken. Yeah. So, so, so I'm wondering, Chelsea, it sounds like the, the Pixar in, in concert experience is pretty profound and it is kind of broadening the, the reach of Pixar's music to different types of audiences. Yeah. Oh, if, I mean, so what happens is you go, I was at the, um, in Nashville, I was living there and I went to the Schumerhorn, which is the, this big symphony house. And so they have this giant, symphony that's playing all of the music from as the the movie itself is playing behind it and they've done this several times with other different movies like in coming up i'm going to be going to harry potter in the chamber or or the 
you know, the fourth one <laughs> uh, that they're doing that in Phoenix. And so I was like, oh, I'll go do that. That's fun. They basically have the entire movie playing, but the orchestra and all the music itself is live. So it's like, ooh, that's cool. Yeah, they really are. They've they're always trying to go to the, you know, kind of bring in different audiences. But, you know, that show, it was it was interesting to me also because as I was watching the whole first half, there were so many points that I was like almost in tears. Just, it was so moving. But then the second half, I was like, meh, not that great. <laughs> and that's kind of how Pixar's music and kind of storylines uh, to some degree went. You know, the first, up until Cars 2, you know, it was like, all right, okay. I mean, you had Toy Story 3, which was awesome, but didn't have a lot of different things. Cars 2 was where it kind of like went down a little bit in storyline, but the songs were quite good. I, I like some of the songs. They were fun. Um, Brave was, I, I love Patrick Doyle. He did the soundtrack for that one and it's got a really fun, um, the, the Irish twist to it, or I'm sorry, the Scottish twist to everything. But as far as like, I honestly don't think that the next big movie with music didn't come in until Coco, which went away from everything that Pixar had been doing because this was kind of considered a legit musical. So they wanted to do it. And that's the, that's the story that they played. And it was such a change of course for Pixar, but it paid off wonderfully in terms of now the really classic songs that have been added to the overall Disney sound uh, songbook, let alone Pixar songbook. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they go they got it they wanted to go and get robert and christina anderson lopez lopez and it's like all right guys you did really well with frozen so <laughs> come over here please uh, and they did a fantastic job with it too oh i totally agree it makes me even more disappointed that that the the gigantic film that was in development for a while never came to fruition because that would have featured music from that duo <laughs> Yeah, me too, because it also would have been in Spanish as well. Because they were gonna it was gonna be set in Spain and I was I was so sad when it wasn't taken when it was taken down. So like wah wah. I'm a really big fan of music from all different cultures too. So I, I like to learn music in Spanish and Portuguese and so that would have been right up my alley. Wah wah. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely agree. And you know, and Pixar's, but both the scores and the songs really run the gamut from you have country to pop to rock mm -hmm. to Scottish. And, and we'll discuss all of that. Did, before we go into the songs, Chelsea, I'm wondering if you have um, any thoughts that you'd like to share about the particular scores in the films, because I know um, you're quite enchanted by uh, many of the wonderful scores across Pixar's 20 films, basically, almost. Yeah. Well, be, I think that was a huge part of why I, I appreciate the scores is you just realize the the effect that it have on that it has on you as you listen to it you're like oh it's that film oh it's that film and you know between Randy Newman and um, Patrick Doyle but also one of my favorites is when you pull in for example in Inside Out you had um, Oh, what is his name? Michael Giacchino. Uh, yes, Michael Giacchino. And he also did all the, for, he did Inside Out. He also did all of the Incredibles. And 
he they just they just know how to create a world with the sounds and even in um finding dory and finding nemo like the the songs themselves felt like you were underwater you know they just did a great job of of designing that to make you feel encompassed in those worlds and so if i were to give any like honorable mentions so today we're we're gonna do a t- our own top 10 list of the the best our favorite pixar songs um but i had a couple instrumentals that i really wanted to put in there just because i think that they really shape a lot of what those memories of those pixar films are and so like Incredibles, you had the glories day the glory days instrumental where you just hear the moment you hear that you're like, Oh, Incredibles. <laughs> Don't you agree? Oh my gosh. When I, whenever I hear dun da dun 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 and then you go right into the sixties era um Metroville scene. It's oh. it is incredible in every sense of the word. Yeah, it is. And then how about at the very beginning of Toy Story 1 during Andy Andy's birthday the opening instrumental like that is now basically the Pixar instrumental that like you think about that and it's like oh Toy Story oh Pixar like oh I go right back it's almost like and I'm not sure if you would make this comparison Chelsea but it's almost like Disney's one you wish upon a star of sorts I yes I agree do you remember do you remember when you first saw each of those films? Did did those pieces of music kind of resonate with you? Or is it kind of over time, it really just entered your consciousness as like, wow, this is impactful? Um, so I wasn't as engaged in the scores when I was like 10. So it was really over the last like 10 years that I've felt like I was a lot more appreciative of the scoring and the full picture as opposed to just the intermittent songs. So I didn't really notice them to the point where like, Oh, Andy's birthday opening instrumental. Like that wasn't something that I would have really been into. Actually, uh, I can't really say that because there are a lot of albums that I bought that I was like, yes, I'm going to listen to this full thing and I am going to basically replay the movie in my head as I go. <laughs> um, so I think that's most of it is like, it's the storytelling within the song that you just, you can picture, if you can picture exactly what's happening in the movie because of that song, then you know, it's a great score. So for example, I think the biggest and the one that you can't get away from is the married life instrumental from up mm-hmm. like the moment you hear that i just start like feeling it <laughs> like and it's so happy at first and then and the the very slight changes in the timing of this you know it goes from really happy and and in sync with the just flowy and then it just slows down a little bit and it just has it's the same tune but now it means something completely different based on what's happening in this in the part of the story and it's just just amazing michael giacchino really outdid himself with that yeah well and it earned him an oscar for for that particular cue so what a testament to his ability to translate emotion in such a compelling manner yeah that was good good stuff right there i was just gonna jump in the top 10 but do you have anything else to add as far as your own 
favorite instrumental pieces? I think it'd be, I think I might have to create a whole list for that because that's oh, okay. just absolutely okay. endless. Uh, stay tuned listeners. We're going to have a Michael J. Kino episode. There um, you go. His, uh, his work really spans the entire Walt Disney company, not just Pixar. So True. Uh, we're going to, um, that's actually a um, future edition of the episode in the works, but some, some songs that I wanted to briefly mention from Pixar that are really strong in my book. One being If I Didn't Have You from Monsters, Inc. Uh, that's music and lyric by Randy Newman. And this actually earned him his first Oscar after really? many nominations. Yeah, isn't that incredible? He, he's had such a storied career and so, such a prolific songbook, but yet it wasn't until that one in which he got an Oscar. Wow. So, yeah, what, what I really like about the piece is that it has like that signature Newman bluesy jazz and the the interplay between Sully and Mike um, is just absolutely infectious. And yeah. I, uh, I just love the lines like, I'm just a punky little eyeball with a funky optic noise. <laughs> you, <laughs> you have that uh, crystal uh, flair to it. Yeah, so. Billy Crystal did a good job with him. Yeah. It's hard to and think it, of any other voice with Mike Wazowski. Yeah, and and kind of to tie back to Toy Story for a moment, like Billy Crystal was originally viewed as a top pick for Buzz Lightyear, but I'm not sure if our listeners know that, but that would have gone in a very interesting direction. Yeah, and he was so mad at himself because he didn't take that part that he basically called uh, Lasseter later and was just like, hey, I don't care what it is. Just get me on something. <laughs> oh, and, and I think, yeah, we're both we're both in alignment that Mike Wazowski is perfect with Crystal's voice. Yeah. Um, and then a few other songs I just briefly wanted to mention. One is Our Town from Cars. And it it's by music and lyric again by Randy Newman. And here we have James Taylor, famous folk and country singer, kind of offering this beautiful ballad of Radiator Springs becoming forgotten. And I feel like that even though it's not quite as stirring as a married life cue from up, it's quite emotional to see a, a town kind of disin- disintegrated in that manner. And yeah. I feel like Taylor kind of captures that be- beautifully. Yeah, that was a good soundtrack. That's one of the soundtracks that I actually purchased. Be- this was before I I would I didn't purchase a lot of soundtracks when I was growing up because I, I didn't have the money to do it. <laughs> But I remember I wanted to buy that one because it had a couple really good, like, country-esque songs on it. And it was, Brad Paisley. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's good. And it's a great soundtrack. It was such a best-selling sa- soundtrack, too. It, like, really mm-hmm. was kind of a standout in its year in terms of film soundtracks. It was, yeah. I mean, you had uh, Real Gone from Sheryl Crow. And she did, I remember that one being something outside of this, as well as, of course, Life is a Highway, Rascal Flats. They redid that song. Um, and they had a huge hit with it in country radio. Yeah, no, I remember hearing that all the time, and I love it. One, one other song I wanted to briefly mention in our honorable mentions before we go into the top 10 is We Belong Together from Toy Story 3. It's, a again, music and lyric by Randy Newman. And it's interesting because this is this actually earned him an Oscar in lieu of what I imagine is probably one of your favorite films, Chelsea Tangled, um, which had music by Alan Menken. And I See the Light was nominated for Best Original Song, but it was beaten by We Belong Together. 
which I think is actually a bit uh, ridiculous. I prefer the song from Tangled, but <laughs> <laughs> nonetheless, I, I still feel like it's a it's a nice song that kind of reflects the evolution of Woody and Buzz. It's kind of like I don't know the way I view it is you've got a friend in me is was always about Andy and Woody, and as the series continues, you see the bond develop and really solidify between Woody and Buzz, and it talks about friendship and loyalty, talk about how much you mean to me, and I promise to always be by your side whenever you need me. Just a, yeah. a beautiful friendship song. So. Well, it's super fun and bouncy, too. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> like, and, um, you just, yeah. it's, it's one of those infectious songs. It is, and it's one that kind of, you, like, I grew to appreciate it more over time. I wasn't a huge fan initially, but then I realized, wow, it's actually... Um, has some pop and soul it's optimistic and i'm not sure if you like the beach boys but brian wilson has a really great version a uh, rendition of the oh, song cool. on his uh he has like a uh in the song of disney or in the key of disney i believe soundtrack and it's all wilson really? renditions of disney oh, songs wow. yeah it's awesome it's up. awesome he does kiss the girl i just can't wait to be king and a handful of others i'm looking so. that up right now so Save that for later. so those I know, right? It's we can go down a rabbit hole when we think of like different renditions of of different Disney and Pixar songs. So, but yeah, let's go. Let's go, jump into our top ten, and and please go right ahead and sharing what your number ten selection is. All right. So we had decided to um, take out the instrumentals and put them on their own thing, and just do the top ten of songs, basically with lyrics throughout these songs throughout the movies, and. Because we were, I I also asked like which ones we would be able to do, and we just said that it was okay. Anything that with anything that was featured in one of the movies, um, can go for it. So number ten for me is Sia's rendition of Unforgettable. Unforgettable. It's da da da. It's a, such a standard song, and Sia does a great job with it. And from what I remember, I think Ellen was really um i think she was the one that really wanted that version in this film so i thought it worked out great it's a beautiful song and i think it's just a nice uh, a nice way to finish off the film which is so focused on dory kind of coming into her own and recognizing how memories are lack thereof shape her life and then you think of a word like unforgettable <laughs> Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. How about you? What's your 10? Mine is maybe a peculiar choice. It's it comes at the very end of Monsters, Inc. And it wasn't it was added uh, in the outtakes. It's put that thing back where it came from. (laughs) So help me. So we hear this very briefly in the in the framework of the main film. But then around Christmas time of the monsters inc's original release they added those bloopers and then as part of it they actually had a whole two and a half minute sequence where the monsters inc crew stage a play uh featuring the song and let me tell you chelsea i laugh hysterically every time it is so clever <laughs> i just awesome. i absolutely love it like and you know we're, we're talking to is the notion of songs songs have great lyric and when we think of this song you have something along the lines of there's a child 
there's a child, there's a human child running around the restaurant. This is really wild. It's just absolutely playful and mm-hmm. silly. And uh, well, and then you just have like Mike sitting by himself in like an empty studio singing to himself. It's just, it's silly, but it, it actually, I feel it has some depth to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and, and watch that sometime just to, because I, I can't remember it right now. Um, it's been a long time since I watched that movie, but yeah. Okay. I'll do that. I'll go back and watch that just for that. So you can add that to your checklist after uh, okay. listening to Brian Wilson. After Disney Brian music. Wilson, that's that's what I'm doing next. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your number nine? My number nine is going to be Adventure is Out There. It's the spirit of adventure from our favorite Up. Well, that's not our favorite, but, you know, it's it's a great movie. <laughs> I don't know. It could be your favorite. What is your it's- favorite? Um, Toy Story is my favorite, actually. Okay, but I'd love to hear, I'd love to hear more about why you love this song. It's interest, it's an interesting song because it's, it, to my knowledge, it's the only song in the film, correct? Yeah. Well, and also just because, you know, you wouldn't let me put the married life theme in there, so I was like, all right, I gotta. <laughs> what are some of my other favorites? And so, Adventure is out there. I think just because it, um, they do a lot of this throughout. Song, different movies after up where they take so for example during the uh incredibles they have like here comes elastigirl powwow from mr incredible themes and then the frozone theme and they have all these like different theme songs that are not you know even the the triple dent gum like they have these theme songs and i think of all those theme songs that one's probably my favorite that's a, Just, that's a good choice that's interesting. You you made that connection. I I wouldn't have thought about it, but yeah, Pixar has inserted a lot of these like little theme songs and cues that um, stand on their own, but they're also a part of the overall narrative. Yeah. <laughs> so my number nine is kind of different. It's Woody's Roundup, um, uh... and I I. I should be transparent with the listeners. I had I hadn't shared my list with Chelsea. I, I had a, a quick taste of a preview of, of her list, but um, I love Woody's Roundup. This is music and lyric by Randy Newman, and we hear it in the film in, in a few different ways. This is Toy Story 2, of course, and what's interesting so, is... Go ahead. Please go ahead. So, so why do you love this one? I, mean, you're just... I love it... Be- yeah, well, I love it because of... I feel like it has a certain level of playfulness with n- nostalgia, because we hear, you know, there's different renditions and versions of it within within the film. And we hear the Riders in the Sky version. We hear the when it's first played on the TV. So we kind of get some different uh, exposure to the to the song over the course of the film. And it's just the rootness, tootness, shootness, hootness, cowboy around. Mm-hmm. Um, that's clever in my book. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And I also really like, and I know you appreciate country music a lot. I love... I love how that's very present in this. We, we've always gone a little bit of that in some of the films here and there, certainly Cars, but I feel like this is this is the ultimate Toy Story country song. <laughs> yeah, no, yes. And I'll go into a little bit more on that song a little later on because it, it features very high on my list. Okay, so there's a, a little preview for, for the Teaser. listeners. Teasers. <laughs> All right, what's, uh, what's number eight for you? Number eight for me is Life as a Highway. I mean, it was originally done by Chris Chris Ledoux in Country World, you know, and then when Rascal Flatts came out and did it for this one, it just, as I said before, it hit hard. It 
is just a standard now and I throw this song on like a lot of my random playlists that I'm like hey I'm going out driving today you know that's the highway and they just do a great job with it so it kind of made that film or not necessarily that film um it made that soundtrack what it was I think I feel like it's a it's a great example to Chelsea of a, a nice like montage song because you see them traveling across the country and yeah. uh, I think it's perfectly suited in the in the film right yeah for sure well I'm gonna stay in the same uh cars world because my number eight is real gone so this <sighs> is by um Cheryl Crow and John Shanks and uh, I just feel like it's just an energizing type of song that it's one of these that I feel like could be on any playlist of like, get ready for the day, get excited, get revved up. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it was obviously a, a huge hit. It, I, I have noted here, it went as high as number 76 in the Billboard Pop 100. And uh, yeah, I just, I feel like there's a certain excitement and carefree attitude to, to this, but also a bit of an urgency because she says, slow down, you're gonna crash. So it really mm-hmm. speaks to McQueen's kind of cocky attitude, but also his sense of like that, you know, he's basically invincible. <laughs> yeah, that, that album, you know, it had a lot of really big hits. So yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a great one. Absolutely. Number seven for you. So my number seven is We Belong Together from Toy Story 3. Uh, like I said, it was just it was a really fun, bouncy song. Um, it really is just a happy song that just makes you feel lighthearted and i think that's why i have it high up cool i yeah as i shared i i definitely have a stern fondness for it now my number seven is a song that didn't initially click with me but then i heard it several times when i was at the d23 expo back in 2013 in the arena they would have like different music of different songs and i heard the song endlessly and I came to fall in love with it. And it's the song of Mordu from mm. Brave. That's a good one. Yeah. So, And this is by Patrick Doyle. You were mentioning him earlier. And I feel like this is almost like an earworm. It's It has such a catchy <laughs> beat to it. It's like, Mordu, 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 Mordu. Blah. And so it has that kind of rhythm to it throughout the whole song. And it's just really catchy. Even though it has very violent connotations. Yeah. At the lyrics, but um, very fun. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm always listening to a sea shanty as I'm listening to it. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I um, I see. We we I think we we're thinking alike. I have a note here. Sounds like a sea shanty. <laughs> so, <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that's, that's my number seven. All right, on to you. I for number six, I had to go with the theme from the short Lava. I love you. It was just such a, it was so cute. It was so clever. And it, like, I just know that there are a lot of people that did really fun covers of it too. So that one was an earworm for sure. That was, and that was just such a beautiful short film as is, right? Like the music, it it drives it in in such a special way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Good choice. My number six is going back to the Toy Story framework. There's a bunch of Toy Story. I think all the Toy Story songs are on my list. My my number six is I Will Go Sailing No More. It it stands out to me for a bunch of reasons. Um, One, I feel like it's 
it's very somber because it it's with Buzz's realization that he's not quite the the person or the space ranger that he thought he was, and there's just just luscious lyric. So to illustrate, I have noted all the things I thought I did, all the brief things I done vanished like a snowflake with the rising of the sun. I'm like, good yeah, job, Randy. That's good, job. good. Good writing there. He is really talented, and I think he really found his niche. Like when when he moved into doing these soundtracks, because if you listen to some of his pop music, they're not that great. I mean, they're good, but they're not anything like the the songs that he wrote for these movies. And I really think that it was just he had to find his really his medium, and this was this is his medium that worked so well. Yeah, yeah, and he continued to get so much good work out of it through Toy Story, not just through Pixar, but like you know he had composed or composed and written songs for Disney for like uh, James and the Giant Peach and mm-hmm. Princess and the Frog, and even some non-Disney films too. So yeah. yeah, so yeah, I absolutely love that song. I feel like there's a sense of hopeful like hope and wistfulness to it it crescendos but then there's also a sense of where buzz feels despondent and that's reflected in in the lyrics and and also how the melody slows down so i think it's a an absolutely beautiful and i feel underrated song so yeah yeah so i think we're on to number five for you so Señores, señores, buenas tardes, buenas noches, buenas tardes, buenas noches, señoritas y señores. To be with you tonight brings us joy, que alegría, for this music is my language, and the world is mi familia. I love this song. It really just brings everything together, and it was such a fun thing. I What I loved about it is how they really took the Spanglish tone um, and just had some words in in English, some words in Spanish, but it always made sense to either side. Um, so it just was such a, they just did a great job with this song. I loved it so much. That's a good one. And, you know, now after listening to that, I'm ready for a Chelsea Sings Coco soundtrack. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, was, that was really nice. Yeah, that's Thanks. a good one. It's a, a great song that, and, and I think you, you'll illustrate that so nicely. What's so great about Coco is that they really emphasized and honored the um, the Spanish heritage and that type of flavor of music, and it mm-hmm. really just came across beautifully, especially with the Lopez's writing it them. Yeah. So my number five comes from Wall-E, and it's Down to Earth, which was uh, Oscar nominated, and this has uh, music and lyric by Peter Gabriel and and Thomas Newman, and it's hard hard to believe that Wall-E now came out but eleven years ago. And that was actually my first exposure to Peter Gabriel via the song. And I really came to fall in love with a lot of his music because of it. And I feel like uh, what's so nice about this song is that it centers on the beauty of the natural world and appreciating what it has to offer. And it has a lot of a lot of meaning in, in this day and age dealing with climate change and a lot of just challenges that we face here on Earth. And it just it tells a, a really beautiful story. And then you have the artwork in the background. Uh, this is an end credit. So... I feel like his mix of rock and world music and gospel and soul, it just, it comes alive in this really exhilarating, but yet sweet song. That's cool. You know, about this movie just really made me, the last time I watched it, all I really wanted to do is go back and watch Hello, Dolly. 
because it features it in the very beginning. And I was like, I haven't watched that for a while. I'm going to push pause on here and go back to watch Hello, Dolly. <laughs> it oh, was that's funny. It was great times. But I, I felt like the music in this, this film was just really spot on and in capturing the feelings behind it. So I, I, I approve of your choice. Thank you. No, I, <laughs> I'm glad. And yeah, it's, it's a song, it's a song and it's a film that I feel like is really worth watching on multiple occasions and in different contexts, because, you know, Wally was that first Pixar film where people are like, this could, this could be a best picture nominee or winner. And then, you know, next year with Up, we have that as the first Pixar film to be nominated for best picture. And the music plays a role. And so, yeah, I'm a, a big fan. And I also recommend that if people love the music, uh, this particular song that they should check out, Sting's song from Emperor's New Groove, My Funny Friend and Me, because <laughs> I yeah. see certain parallels between the two. They are both not for, for Oscars, both just in the end credits, but they they kind of really complement the essence of the film just fantastically. Nice. So... All right, I think we're on to number four. Remember me, though we have to say goodbye. Remember me, I know it makes you cry. This one, it won an Oscar for Best Original Song. And there's so many reasons why that's a good thing. It really did a good, like, the fact that in so many different ways... They, they morph the song to be able to fit in different moods. Like I said, with the married life sequence in Up, it was the same song, but just played differently, and it hits in total, totally different emotional keys. At the very beginning, it's got all this, you know, happiness. You've got, well, I wouldn't say necessarily happiness, but um, it's, you know, you've, you've got, uh, what was his name? Ernesto. So you have Ernesto coming, Ernesto de la Cruz coming out and he's remember me, you know, and then with so much bravado. But then at the very end, you have the reunion scene where it's just the dad singing to his daughter. And it's like, even just thinking about it right now, I'm like getting emotional. I'm like, oh, it's so good. So I think that's why it, it hits so high on my list. Totally agree. My, remember me is actually my number four too. So. Oh, yay. Yeah, we're definitely on the same page there. It's isn't this a testament to to just the prowess of and just just miraculousness of the Lopez's in that they were able to have one song but have it capture so many different moods based on how they arranged it and how it's situated in the film. Um, I just think that's just incredible. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, number three. On number to you. three. Well, this was this is actually where my Woody's Roundup comes in. I grew up, as I said, performing in a Western dinner theater, and it followed a lot of what the writers in the sky versions of songs would do. And so we would even do a couple of their songs growing up. And it was just like when this came out, it was like, oh my gosh, Woody is like from my it wasn't my era (laughs) but it was my era like nobody else around me knew what this was really but it was it was something that I grew up with and so to hear the the writers in the sky in there and then it was so much better than 
um, Home on the Range because Home on the Range, I love the soundtrack, but it didn't get nearly as much of a like I just it it brings back just kind of a a sour taste in my mouth just because it's on Home on the Range. I'm like, dang it! But Woody's Roundup, there's all only good thoughts that come from it, and so I. If you actually, if you want to hear me sing one of those, one of their songs, I did um, on my Spotify, you can do, it's called uh, the Old Rock and R. You can check that one out. And it's basically one of their songs, but we just kind of like twisted it to go along with the theme song of my parents' dinner theater. So um, that's why it it's so high up on my list, because I feel like I grew up in a similar situation with that around me. So very nostalgic for me. That's so cool. It sounds like it has a lot of meaning to you as well. Mm-hmm. That's so great. Well, I obviously enjoy Woody's Roundup, but and my number three is uh, in the same vein of Randy Newman, at least. Uh, mine is Strange Things from the original Toy Story. There you go. Uh, and uh, what I really love about this song is that kind of like um i think we briefly talked about with life is highway earlier is that it kind of is situated within a a montage or sequence of that kind and and that's what strange things is it really signals the change that's unfolding in in woody's life as he recognizes that he's ultimately no longer andy's favorite toy and yeah it has an upbeat yet soulful melody to it and there's a sense of cynicism that is very present and I, I love the lyric, especially, they laugh at your jokes, you think you're doing quite well, but you're in danger, boy, you end up alone, forgotten, way up on the shelf. And that, ob- that obviously has so much double meaning. <laughs> right. Uh, so, gosh, I, yeah, it's a song that I, and I really like the instrumental version of it. I know we're talking about instrumentals, too. If if folks go check out the Legacy Collection, Walt Disney Records Legacy Collection for Toy Story, it includes instrumental versions of all three songs from the original Toy Story, and those are just gems. Nice. So, yeah, that's my number three. Cool. All right, so my number two is one that, honestly, it makes me cry every single time I watch it, and it's, When somebody loved me, everything was beautiful. Every hour was spent together. Wrapped within our home when she loved me. It's like, oh my gosh. Like this song just hits hard. And it it was the song that makes you feel guilty for growing up. <laughs> like, oh, I'm a horrible person because I forgot my toy or forgot something, you know. But it really yeah. hits good. Oh, it totally shapes agree. you you know exactly how Jesse is feeling. You get it. And there's no, like, just explains so much in one song. You just, you're like, wow, I get you, girl. I get you. What a wonderful choice. Yeah. That's actually, I'm, I'll give folks a preview. That's my number one. But uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll just briefly mention it, too. I, I think what's so nice about this song is that it really tells a complete story. Her, Jesse's whole life story in the span of two and a half minutes. And, like, that's just pretty remarkable that a song can really relay a narrative so effectively yeah. so and sarah um, mclaughlin i mean she just nailed it she did such a great job yeah and and you know it's this kind of i think put her in the 
realm of uh, familiarity for a lot of children because I think yeah. otherwise they wouldn't have known who she was. <laughs> so that, yeah, that's true too. And once I think I because I, I just love throwing in fun facts. Well, this was nominated for for an Oscar as well, and I think for many it probably would have been the obvious choice. But it was the same year as "You'll Be in My Heart" from Tarzan, uh, oh. which ultimately got it. So, see, and I still think that this one's better. If yeah. I were to, if I were to be the, if I were in the Academy, I would have voted for "When Somebody Loves Me" because "You'll Be in My Heart" never made me cry. You know, it was it was a little too far away from like I couldn't really I mean, yeah, you can relate as in in different ways. But it's like I didn't I guess I was a kid, too. So I could relate to the <laughs> to the kid version versus like the mom version of a song that, that, you know, the moms of the crowd. Definitely. I can see why they went to that song. Yeah, no, I get that, too. And I, I have a fond spot in my heart for for jesse the character and the song and i actually had such an adoration of of her that i named my german shepherd dog jesse oh yay so um i i see her as my little cowgirl (laughs) nice but but, uh, yeah when she loved me was was my top choice for all those reasons I, i i also just appreciate how kind of if we think about like strange things and how Woody sees himself as being replaced, you know, we kind of see a certain parallel here with uh, Emily, um, her owner growing up and changing over from loving, you know, cowgirls and horses to like fashion and, and all that stuff. It's Mm -hmm. just a, it's a really dramatic shift. And I, I love how there are certain, certain parallels between the two films and the two characters in that way. That's my, um, that's my number one. So my number two, which I understand is your number one. So I guess we can both talk about uh, You've Got a Friend in Me. Okay, so do you have a version? Yes, you Got a Friend in Me is my number one. Um, do you have a favorite version? It's hard to say. I think the, the Pixar purist would say the Randy, Randy Newman. Newman. Yeah, yeah, but I let me tell you, I smile so big whenever I see Wheezy and the Barbies. <laughs> <laughs> see, I yeah, I feel the same way. I really have to say that the Gypsy King one version in Toy Story 3 was just like, yes, I have, I love Gypsy Kings. Um, and just seeing them do that song, it just adds so much of a, dif- a, a different flair to it. And, but man, Wheezy with Robert Goulet, oh, <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and then the Randy Newman, like, it's like the purist. You, you gotta go with that one too, but I just... Between Robert Goulet and the Gypsy Kings is probably my favorite. And I just, I love how they really did just take that song. That song is by far the song that kind of set Pixar apart, I think. It was the song that created the buddy story for a lot of kids. Like, they really just got it. And it's still a song that, for me, I get emotional when I think of, like, really good friends of mine. It's like, yeah, you got a friend in me. So, yay. Oh, such a good one. I also, um, speaking of like different versions of the song, and certainly it's been covered by so many different artists over the past 24 years, but I really love Michael Buble's version. Oh, that Um, one's a good one too. Yeah, because we get some jazz and Broadway flair from it, but Mm -hmm. um, I'm also just a huge Buble fan, so (laughs) anything he sings is good in my book. There you um, go. But yeah, it's it's a song that I feel like transcends time and place and context and 
as you're saying, you know, it's it speaks to any strong friendship and and the depth that is associated with a good friendship too. So yeah, it's Pixar's anthem. It's really their it is. anthem. It really, right. I mean, it is their wish upon a star. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's not because you know, it's not this, how they start off everything. That's how they started off. That's where the Andy's birthday opening comes in. But it's their thing. <laughs> when you hear that song, you think, ah, Toy Story, ah, Pixar. So yeah, it, great I, songs. It, yeah, and I guess I have. I guess I'm wondering, and maybe you are too. Will there be a new rendition of "You've Got a Friend in Me" for Toy Story Four? I hmm. think it'll be a girl singing. Because every other time that they've done it, they've had a guy singing the song. So I think it'll somehow they have to put a girl singing this song. So, and I'm not one that's like, oh my gosh, why don't they have a girl singing it? I'm I'm just saying, I just think that because they're focusing a lot on, um, on Bo Peep, I think she might be the one to sing it. I don't know. That would be pretty awesome. I would love to see that. Because we haven't heard Annie. I'm not sure. Does Annie Potts sing? Or would we have Uh, someone else come in? I wouldn't mind if they had Barbie sing it. (laughs) Jody Benson, come on. (laughs) Gotta give Jody Benson a a time to sing You Got a Friend in Me. I would be so happy if they did that. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. I would would totally (laughs) love that, too. (laughs) See, you're full of good ideas. I, I hope Pixar was thinking on that front. So we shall see very shortly. Let's hope they listen and they get the memo. <laughs> yeah, there's still some time. There's still some time. So th- th- that was a great list, Chelsea. Thank you so much for, for sharing some great selections. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, before, before we head out and conclude, uh, I'm going to ask you some questions that I ask all of my guests. And a common segment on our show is where per Ariel, who we are just talking about, um, asking my questions and get some answers. So I have some Disney-related questions for you. There are three standard music-related questions, two standard book-related questions, because we cover writing on this podcast as well, um, and and one random Disney question. So that one varies with every guest. So I want to know if you are ready. Yes. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like this is who wants to be, be a millionaire and we should just be adding that. Well, we did, we kind of did the same thing on the Rotoscopers podcast where we would do um, a quick catch and fire. So. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I think it's just good to kind of find out those types of things from different Disney fans. So yeah. to begin with, first music related question is, what Disney song soundtrack did you listen to most while growing up? Blanking. Would you like had, to elaborate? Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, sorry. I was going back into the, into our, you know, catch and fire. Cause our, ours sure. was like, do it as fast as you can and just like go. <laughs> but yeah, Lion King was the, the, definitely the one that I, the first album that I ever got. The next one would probably be, um, Hercules. And then believe it or not, a goofy movie those are like the three albums that i remember listening to over and over and over <laughs> and i love all of them i feel like the that's also where i got a a really um appreci- big appreciation for the scores because they did a great job of telling those stories and for example like hercules it's, you had the muses come in and 
I mean, who doesn't love um, the Lion King and just the power that is in that score? So those were those are my three, I would say. That's a fantastic choice. Yeah, all three of those are are great. I'm I'm a '90s kid too, so I I grew up on those as well. What second question is? What Disney song most recently got stuck in your head? Oh, that's hard to do considering I've I've been listening to a lot of Pixar songs lately, um, because of this episode. Um, it could be Disney or Pixar, whichever one you'd like to focus on. It's all well, in the family. Well, right now, actually, the song that's going through my head most is um, is actually the uh, is I will go sailing no more because you were saying those those words and it's just like kind of rolling through. So that one's in my head right now. Um, before that, you know, yeah, we'll just stick with that one. There's a lot of the ones from the Toy Stories that easily get get in there and don't come out for a while. <laughs> Sure. Well, I know in my head I'm thinking of Robert Goulet as Wheezy right hey. now. So. <laughs> I think Third... I feel a song coming on. <laughs> yes. Hey, and, and whenever the Barbies say, that's the truth, and, you know, and their <laughs> Barbie flair, I, I won't even try to imitate that. But I, I love uh, it I just, so um, much. <laughs> yeah, me too. Third question on music. Uh, what Disney film do you feel has the most underrated music? Um... Sleeping Beauty is the first one that comes to my mind, but I don't feel like it's underrated. I just feel like it's kind of so long ago that it's not as it's not brought up as much um, and therefore underrated. But that's just Tchaikovsky coming out and it's just it's beautiful. I love it. Um, outside of that one. Uh, Hunchback is also one that I'm just always I could listen to that one over and over just because of the power behind it. Um, yeah, those are my two. Great choices. Yeah, another guest I had on recently also said Hunchback was the most underrated in, in her opinion. So yeah, I uh, I totally agree. Good choices. For books, what is the most recent Disney or Disney-related book you've read? Um, well, does that include art books? <laughs> oh, it certainly does. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the most recent art book that I got from Disney was um, the the art book for, I mean, this was several years ago that I did it, but it's one that sticks in my head is the one from Zoot- Zootopia. That's a really good oh, book. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I felt like in that art book, because I really like the art books that go in and they show you what could have been. And because they had so many different renditions of that movie and they basically had to start and retell the story about a year before it goes in. So they had like six months to to basically put it together. Um, And so you had a lot of different renditions, a lot of different iterations that never made it to the film and storylines. And they actually tell you in that one, as opposed to some of the Pixar ones haven't really done that. So for example, the good dinosaur, that one also had several different storylines that didn't make it to the big screen, but they really didn't share any of that. And I was really disappointed in that. So that was my, I, I really liked that one out of just, you know, the most recent book that I got though was, um, it's been a while <laughs> since we've done those, but man, art books are great. I like art books. 
Yeah, and the the the, the ones that Disney puts out, um, or I think it's maybe it's a Chronicle books. I can't remember mm-hmm. which division, Chronicles. but yeah, Chronicle. Thank you. Yeah, they're really high quality. Like they're just awesome. I love the Zoot. I have the Zootopia art book on my bookshelf, and I'm like, yeah, that's one I love going back to because of just also seeing like the different graphics and like fake companies and businesses and things mm-hmm. they created within that world. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm sure the record Ralph, Ralph bakes, the internet one was the same way. They did a lot of changes with that one, but I think my favorite art book and company that makes art books is probably Sony. They really go above and beyond for all of their art books for Sony animation. And so for most recently they did, um, the Spider-Man and yeah, yeah, that was a great book. Really cool. Well, and it recently won the Oscar for Best Animated Film. It's um, it's an impressive film. Disney has to step up their game. (laughs) They do. They really do. They've got to do something different. Well, yeah, I'm definitely thinking that there's going to be some more experimental work coming out of the studio because of of these trends. DreamWorks is really good too, though. It doesn't. I think DreamWorks is one of those like little lesser appreciated things. Like they do really quality work throughout their whole thing, but they just don't get the. They just don't have the um, the all encompassing Disney file like fans. They have fans of specific franchises. So like the people who really like How to Train Your Dragon. I am one of those. And but like they don't have a lot of things that are a lot of people that are like i just love dreamworks because they haven't created that world i guess that's interesting these are things i think about (laughs) (laughs) hey these are things yeah i i definitely understand that i think certainly as there's you know greater appreciation in general of different types of animation i think and hope that some of these um studios and, and different divisions get their get their attention and recognition too second book related question chelsea is if you could write a disney book on any topic or create something uh, maybe an art book (laughs) on any topic um what what would it be what would be focused on interesting um if i could write an art book i would like to see going back to toy story 2 woody's roundup i would like to see like woody's roundup in an art book form <laughs> or like different tv shows that were in the background that played into these things i don't know like the um this is going way back but like if you're looking at 101 dalmatians the original and they have like yeah. what is my crime <laughs> you know i'd like to see these a lot of these like tv any tv show that was shown but not really dug into as much i would like to see those that would be fantastic and then i think it there should be like an audiobook version and you could sing the songs there so. you go got it <laughs> okay that's Come your on. next assignment <laughs> final question for you chelsea is so this is the random question what is on the top of your disney bucket list if you have one i want to go on a disney cruise to alaska that is my my bucket list. I've been on the Disney cruise down to Castaway K in the Caribbean, but I have n- I've never done anything to Alaska, and I've just heard like any cruise to Alaska would be amazingly beautiful. And 
I mean, Disney just does it right with cruises. They once if you go on a Disney cruise, do not make it your first cruise ever because every other cruise after will just be spoiled. So don't do it. Like make that the like later on after you've had like four cruises <laughs> from other companies. <gasps> Yeah, and see, I made the mistake. I started. I, I didn't go on a Disney yeah, cruise. Yeah, don't do until, that. I didn't oh. go on a Disney cruise until I was, um, I don't know, nineteen years old. And we've gone on cru- Disney cruises every year since. And now, now we're gonna uh, jump ship and, and head over to Royal <laughs> Caribbean. And, oh, uh, it's and I feel good. like I feel like I'm betraying <laughs> Disney. <laughs> No, you shouldn't be like, it's not that you're betraying anybody. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm very capitalistic in the way of like, Hey, whoever gives the best, the best prices, whatever works out great. Perfect. But at the same time, it's like, Oh, just the quality just isn't going to be as good. <laughs> gotcha. Well, let's, let's hope that you can make that. But the Disney. food will be excellent. I know Royal Caribbean has excellent food. So there you go. Okay, that's good to know. I trust your recommendation, and I hope you I hope you achieve your Disney dream of, of oh, heading up thanks. to Alaska on a Disney cruise. Well, before we head out, I want to make sure that folks and listeners know how to get in touch with you. So, if you want to share some of those details, please go right ahead. Yeah, go to my go to my website. Go to chelsearobson.com, and then on all of the things, just look for Chelsea Robson, and you'll be able to find me. But on my website, you can get on my email and be able to know exactly what's going on. Every month I put out a new song that I write and I also comes with new merchandise every month. And then after that month is gone, that merchandise goes away. So you don't want to miss out. That's awesome. So it's kind of like Girl Scout cookies. You need to get them, a little bit, you yeah. <laughs> get them when, when you can, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, if you like the song, it's like, this is the time to buy something. <laughs> Well, it's been a, a real pleasure to have you on, Chelsea. Thanks so Thank much. Thank you so for, much for having me, Brett. It's it's been a blast. I love talking Pixar music and Pixar songs, and complimented by getting a taste of the music through your singing that only enhances the the overall experience. Oh yay! Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, and yeah, we'd definitely love to have you back um, anytime. Well, thank you. And thanks again to Chelsea Robson for coming on to the show. It was really a delight to have her on, to hear some of her singing, and to kind of compare our lists. Certainly there was some overlap, but also some distinct differences too. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, my favorite song wasn't on there. Well, if that's the case, definitely reach out to me at twit- on Twitter at Reports. that's B-N-A-C-H-M-A-N, reports, or email me at notablydisney at gmail.com and I'd love to hear from you as to what would be your top 10. I invite you to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review and be among the first to find out about the release of new episodes. So until we turn the page on another chapter, I'm Brett and thanks for listening to Notably Disney.